Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. 27 days until Election Day in Illinois. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. We recently covered how to vote here on the podcast. That episode includes some great tips for people voting early, by mail or in person, on Election Day, which is March 19th. Now, let's dig into some of the key congressional races around the Chicago area. We've been keeping an eye on the 4th and 7th districts, where election results could provide a bit of a roadmap for where the Democratic Party is headed, locally and nationally. WBEZ city government and politics reporters Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg joined us to break it down. Now, Mariah starts with an overview of what issues are top of mind for Chicago voters right now. Well, both districts that we'll be talking about today, the 4th and the 7th, cover parts of Chicago. And so, you know, you could think about issues that are important to Chicago voters right now, including the migrant crisis. That's a big one. Um, speaking about debates playing out in Congress, you also have the the war in between Israel and Gaza. Um, you also have crime um, as a major issue, the same way it played a role in, in the mayoral election, will play a role in then federal funding for communities um, for a slew of issues, um, including investments in in disinvested areas in the city of Chicago, as well as investments and help with funding um, the right. migrant crisis. Uh, Tessa, bring Chicago home, ShotSpotter, and a ceasefire in Gaza. They've been big issues in local politics. How will these impact uh, in congressional races? Yeah, I think we've seen, especially with you know the the war between Israel and Hamas, that's been a big you know wedge issue, and I think a really dividing line between um, lots of folks, even in the Democratic primaries that we're seeing. Um, you know, one race I'm covering, the fourth congressional district race, we've seen the two candidates have very different stances on how they would approach that, and so I think you know a lot of these maybe national issues we're seeing you know really resonate locally, and that's only going to be the case too in these races. Yeah, let's let's turn to the fourth uh, district here. Who's running? Yeah, so we have two candidates. Um, they are both Democrats. 15th Ward Alderman Raymond Lopez, and then uh, current Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia. Um, you know, you might have heard these names most recently with the recent mayoral election. They were both candidates. Alderman Lopez uh, was the first to jump in and also one of the first to get out of the race. And then um, Congressman Chuy Garcia finished fourth and did not make it to the runoff. Um, but, you know, they, they are kind of two different brands of Democrat. You know, Alderman Raymond Lopez is really considered um, a more conservative Democrat on the Chicago City Council. Um, he's really framing himself as, you know, an outspoken fighter who's going to be, you know, challenging the establishment in Washington. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's really saying that some so many of these issues that really stem at a federal level from the thousands of asylum seekers have come to Chicago to the war um, between Israel and Hamas, that those are now coming to the, the front you know, steps of Chicago. And so that's why he needs to go to Washington to, to tackle them. Whereas, mm -hmm. um, you know, Congressman Chuy Garcia, he's really pointing to his record that he's already had three terms in Congress. This would be his fourth. He's a longtime, you know, progressive elected official in Chicago and says, you know, he has a record to run on and results he's delivered that he wants to keep acting on. And to that end, the fourth district has more Latinos than any other in, in Illinois. How might that influence support for either Lopez or Garcia? Yeah, I think we're going to see immigration be a really top issue on voters' minds in that district. Um, you know, Alderman Raymond Lopez was one of the folks who led an effort in Chicago City Council to um, put 
the city's sanctuary status up to a public vote. He's been very vocal about the need for more federal help and resources to help the city aid and care and house for asylum seekers. And he's wanted to kind of see the city back off and see the federal help come that, you know, the city shouldn't shoulder this burden all on its own. But to the end, he's also, you know, criticized uh, Congressman Garcia for, you know, the, the advocacy he's done to aid asylum seekers. He said that means, you know, longtime undocumented residents have been forgotten and left behind, which Congressman Garcia has pushed back on. And I think mm -hmm. they both really agree they want to see, you know, the executive branch take some action to ensure um, longtime undocumented residents have a pathway to citizenship. They want to see programs like DACA, you know, remain long term. And so yeah. even though they have different styles and approaches, I think they both really want, you know, federal immigration reform at the end of the day. Right. And of course, as we know, city council passed that resolution that was in favor of a ceasefire mm -hmm. in Gaza last month. Uh, Congressman Garcia has been a, a staunch supporter of a ceasefire in Gaza since October. Mm -hmm. And his opponent, Raymond Lopez, wants Chicago to stand firmly with Israel. Uh, talk about how city council's vote might fuel their respective campaigns. Yeah, that was a really, you know, tense debate. It was razor thin margins. We saw um, Mayor Brandon Johnson have to cast the tie breaking vote in favor of that ceasefire resolution. And like you mentioned, Lopez was one of those 23 elder persons who was staunchly opposed to it. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time during the debate, he called it a diversion from the, the you know, the issues actually going on in Chicago right now, he said. Um, and, you know, when I recently interviewed him, he says he still opposes, you know, a ceasefire and that it's something he'll oppose as long as hostages remain held by Hamas and he says you know people need to be released before that conversation can happen and you know like you said Congressman Garcia also supports calls for a ceasefire um, and you know he says you know he believes that Israel has a right to exist and live in peace but by the same token he says he doesn't think that can happen unless yeah. there is peace you know in the Middle East and he says humanitarian relief is really paramount but that he's you know a little more concerned about if there was military aid given to Israel. Right. And so they have a little bit differences where Raymond Lopez is very staunch on yeah, that. Two opposite ends there. Let's turn to the 7th District, Mariah. Danny Davis has held his seat in the House for nearly three decades. Uh, got four Democrats trying to unseat him in this primary. What are his challengers saying? Well, his challengers are saying it's time for him to pass the torch, um, that the issues plaguing the 7th Congressional District, which stretches from western suburbs like Oak Park through the city's west side down to meet Lake Michigan, require more energy and attention. And you know, they're really calling attention to his age. He's 82 years old. You know, all of them are kind of saying, we respect Danny Davis's legacy. He's been a staunch supporter for, you know, pushing for tax credits for low-income families in the 7th District, for instance. He is a reliably liberal voter in Congress, um, but basically the main argument new. against him is that it's time for something new yeah. um, and it, it's time for him to retire. So we got uh, two of his serious challengers, our community organizer, Kena Collins, who's running her third campaign for this seat. Uh, in 2022, she got 46% of the vote, which was a, a big upturn from, from her first campaign back in 2020. Now, What's happening? Is her base continuing to grow here? Yeah, I think she took some lessons from 2020 when she got around 13% of the vote. That was her first ca campaign against Danny Davis. Mm -hmm. And in 2022, she says she ran a really grassroots campaign um, where she knocked on thousands and thousands of doors, which is the same campaign she's running here. And she's really taking a page out of the book of um, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson and other progressive yeah. organizers who 
got elected to city council this past turn where it's house parties, um, door knocking, mm -hmm. and, you know, a thousand and, volunteers. And what issues is she prioritizing? She, well, well, one, she paints her position on the the Israel-Gaza war as being different from her competitors. She's, she has said that she's the only candidate in the race calling for the U.S. to stop sending funding to Israel, and she takes a very progressive stance on that issue. Um, in an interview, one of her, the main competitors, Melissa Conyers-Irvin with WBEZ, did yeah. not call for a ceasefire um, and would not say that she supports that. So that is a wedge issue that she's trying to paint herself right. as the progressive candidate in this race. She's also a um, gun violence prevention organizer, and that's kind of her right. upbringing. Um, and she talks about how she grew up in Chicago and witnessed um, people on her block being gunned down mm -hmm. and that she says kind of radicalized her and she's ha held some positions in the gun violence prevention organizing space and says that you know she wants to go to congress and fight more forcefully than she's seen davis fight for um gun control and that that's a federal issue and cannot be yeah. fixed in chicago primarily because you know you you can't buy a gun at a gun shop in chicago um right you know the guns that that come here are from you gotta go elsewhere states, you gotta go so. out of the state uh, and so of course as you mentioned her her main challenger being melissa conyers Irvin, who's a chicago city treasurer um now before i let you go we've been talking a lot uh, over the last few weeks about bring chicago home that referendum and the shot spotter deal uh what's the very latest well, no update on Bring Chicago Home. We're still waiting for any sort of order from a Cook County judge on that. Um, the, the Board of Elections is balancing quite a few pending um, lawsuits that could affect the ballot, and yeah. so stay tuned on that. Um, the city did ink a deal with ShotSpotter late Friday night that extends it to September at least with the option for a two-month extension, mm -hmm. which the mayor has said will give the police department to wean off of a tool that they've relied on for years. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there. Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg are WBEZ's city government and politics reporters. Thank you both so much. Thanks. Thank you. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Ellie Gilbert-Bear, edited by Meha Ahmed and Dan Tucker, and mixed by Linnea Dominic. Speaking of politics, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker delivers his annual budget address at noon central later today. That's Wednesday, February 21st, for those of you listening later in the week. Now, here on the pod, we'll bring you the full, unedited speech. It's always nice to have the option to hear the whole shebang, right? We'll also have an episode where WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney analyzes the governor's remarks, because that's journalism, folks. And Dave will walk us through the facts, the figures, and the spin to help us understand how Illinois is doing on Governor Pritzker's watch and what lies ahead for the state. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.